Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. So, next stop, the astral. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's start off with the basics. What is the astral? Well, the astral is actually kind of a catchphrase for when you change dimensions. There have been a few books out there. I saw one many, many years ago, which was describing all these different places in in detail. There are so many places on the astral. Many, many, many. Thousands, probably millions. Wow. There are probably as many places on the astral as there are brain cells in your brain. Can anybody access it? Everybody does access it. Everybody does things in the astral, but very few people remember it. Okay. Um, almost, you know, the astral is the dimension of angels. It is where they are. It is where they do what they do most of their work. You know, they are, in a way, they're the guides and gatekeepers of the astral. So when you are saying to your angel, I would like this or that, you're talking to someone a being, an astral being, which is an angel. That's where they hang out, if you would like to say. But when you go into the astral, oftentimes you are accompanied by your angel. Okay. And and, and they're the ones that are going to be protecting and guiding you there. So if you suddenly show up some some place, the odds are you're being guided there by your angel. You may not see the angel, but that's how you got there. Right. They were driving, not you. Is there a way to intentionally try to go there? Well, the easiest way to intentionally try to be there is to begin to learn how to lucid dream. Okay. And the way you do that is there's a couple ways that people can do that. One is when you're falling asleep, you practice saying, okay, I'm sleeping I'm awake, I'm awake, now I'm sleeping, and I'm still conscious. And try to make the the transition between I'm sleeping and I'm awake, but my consciousness is still with me. Mm. Or you can say, as I go to sleep, when I begin to dream, I now want to be conscious in my dreams. The more you stay conscious in your dreams... Then when you are dreaming and you're on the astral, you will be conscious. And tremendous amount of times when you are dreaming, you do go into the astral. So you, then you're making that transition into consciousness on the astral. Very cool. So it's a matter of, and if you, if you say to your angels, and I now want to be very conscious when I'm dreaming... And I want you to be super conscious when I am lucid dreaming. And that's what I did years and years ago. And then I began to have 
very technicolor, amazing dreams. People say, write down your dreams. If I started writing those down, I'd be writing volumes. (laughs) No one can write that much. And who was going to, who's going to interpret that? Um, Yeah. What kind of things have you seen in the astral? A tremendous amount. There are many, many places. There are, of course, when you go to see someone who has passed, they have died and I've gone to see uh, close relatives when, when your father passed, because I had been married to him. I've, I've seen him uh, now five times on the astral. Um, My own grandmother, um, I saw, I, I didn't think I would see her because I had not seen her for many, many, many years after she passed. And I gave up on the idea. And then I did see her. And the reason that is, is some, there is on the astral, a place which I have been to called the divine hospital. Mm. And people actually can request to go there. If they're ill or not feeling well, they can say to your angels tonight when I go to sleep or for the next month, whenever I go to sleep, whenever you can bring me to the divine hospital and I want to heal. Mm. And I've had many friends that have done this. I've done this in, I remember just seeing myself on a hospital type gurney and being wheeled through this into this doorway that had curtains of looked like jeweled beads hanging down. And then that's all I remember. (laughs) My friends uh, have similar memories. They don't ever remember seeing the inside of the room you're taken into, but they remember being on a gurney and being, you know, going through the corridor. Wow, cool. And I woke up feeling much better. And some people have gone to the Divine Hospital on the Astral and have had spontaneous remissions from very serious health problems. Yeah, so that's kind of a request when you're uh, suffering from something more physical than emotional? No, no, both. Anything that you're suffering from. Okay. Or maybe even if you're not sure if you're suffering, what the heck? (laughs) Send me there anyways. (laughs) But I think that sometimes when somebody dies and they've been sick for a long time, um, like my grandmother, they'll go into the divine hospital for a length length of time so that someone like me that might want to see them Mm -hmm. won't see them. And then they come out of the divine hospital and they're more available. What was it like when you visited her? Well, she was she was in, in heaven, as, as you might say. She was in one of these rooms. A lot of people, when they die, they are in like a, it's kind of like their own personal Hollywood set. They're just in a room. She was in a room. She had a lot of things from many past lives around her. A lot of them were like big, they looked like, giant ginger jars uh two and three feet tall from various different times of various different lives and the angels has sent me to talk to her and see if we could get her interested in moving some of these old things around away and kind of moving on to a different mindset and uh, so i just 
kind of said hello to her and she was just at a desk tinkering with something a little desk with her little cup of tea and you know I said hi and she talked to me a bit and I said you know some of these things you haven't done anything with these for a very long time like this one from Russia we could we can move that on you know you don't really need this anymore yeah and she just turned and said talk about somebody getting rid of their issues you're (laughs) (laughs) you're one to talk (laughs) and then just went right back to her desk and ignored me completely (laughs) (laughs) so and that's often the time the way it is if somebody they have their own ideas when they die they know what they want to do they don't want to be messed with they don't want to change their mind which is really what it's about they're in their mindset and they don't want to change their mind and that's their right they have free will okay so the the angels and the light beings have set them up in a little room that suits them (laughs) and there they are and they'll be there as long as they want to be there Um, okay and and there are a lot of those obviously but you know it's interdimensional so the space is endless so there's no there's no crowding or anything you know there's plenty of room and there are people light workers and like myself that will go and work with some of these people and say there's other options if you'd like or not yeah <laughs> the choice is up to you <laughs> it's interesting but you know it's just the way it is it it gives you pause when i see it i think wow i you know, try to clean up my act now, get rid of any stodgy thoughts or whatever, or, or limiting concepts that I don't want to be trapped for or trapped in mm-hmm. forever, you know, or practically forever. Yeah, because what do you think happens when you do kind of clean up any of those thoughts that might trap you there? Would you go like, kind of straight into a reincarnation cycle or something well i don't know who determines that exactly but uh i i know the buddhists say that the the cleaner that then the less likely you are to fall into an untimely or uncomfortable reincarnation okay you know and maybe they're right but I know when I see someone that has been, uh, they're a very good person and they seem to be a very spiritual person and, you know, what I might say is fairly enlightened. I see them when they're right before they're dying, just going into what looks like a, a giant cloud of, of lovely white light. Uh-huh. So it doesn't seem like they're going into anything like a... Um, so what but, other places have you seen besides the Divine Hospital? Well, there are a lot of different landscapes, some of which are kind of, I, I know I've been in places like uh, one time I was in just a series of dark tunnels that just went in every direction. And there seemed to be no up or down, like sometimes sideways seem like down and, you know, up seem like down and it just like, and it just went on and on and on, just like dark, slimy tunnels, you know, there are places like that that are just weird and strange. And I don't even know what the purpose is or why they're there. There's a lot of very strange areas of strange landscapes. And there's some beautiful landscapes. 
there are some there are some cities i went to a place with a guide there was a, a man probably an an angel that took me to this place uh that he called the city of light and it was a beautiful beautiful city um everything there was white mm. it's like if in the old time movies and everything was a black and white this was all in shades of white the streets the it was a little bit like an old-fashioned setting like you might see in london in the 1900s there were horse carriages and things like that streets and stuff yeah but everybody was their clothing the horse carriages the streets the buildings the, the trees everything was in shade of white from bright white to brilliant white sounds pretty romantic it was really beautiful it was very very beautiful and and we came on a carriage and so we were we came there he brought me there to see it he called it the city of light and while i was there i wasn't there for very long because i started to get very very cold and i started to say to him it's very cold here (laughs) (laughs) it's really cold i'm really cold and he said well you're only cold because you have to everybody stays protection you know and he says you everybody stays warm here because they generate heat from the light in their heart and so you just make more light and you'll be fine uh-huh. you know? <laughs> and i'm like well i'm working on it but it's really cold here. <laughs> and he's just like just more light you'll be fine it'll be just be warm just add more. <laughs> and i tried that for a while and i said you know what I think I'd like to go now. <laughs> it was freezing. <laughs> but I guess that's everyone that is in the city of light. They're just have generated enough white light in their heart that they don't notice that it is freezing cold there. But, uh, and I guess that's how they keep out anything that isn't. Yeah. Absolutely white light. It's a good protection. I, I guess it is. It would freeze them solid in no time <laughs> <laughs> So I had a very limited time there. <laughs> On the astral, there are every type of medicine that there is here. There are doctors there. If you have Chinese medicine here, there are Chinese doctors there. Indian doctors, medical doctors, witch doctors, Everything you can think of, every type of modality or and even ancient ones of every type you can think of. There is a corresponding group of medical people available on the astral. And so if someone um, resonates with a certain type of medicine a certain type of healing like an american indian healing or something and and they have a strong desire to heal but they wish they had an american indian shaman for them they might wind up in a lucid dream with an american shaman or they might just go see one and not remember it but they're still there mm-hmm. they're there for them and oftentimes when i'm doing a chakra reading i'll see someone else say oh you have with you a teacher 
and this is a teacher from, you know, a Celtic shaman, or this is American Indian shaman, or this is, you know, something else. But this particular person has been attracted to this human being. But they're definitely there. And sometimes the shaman or the doctors from the, that realm will give power objects to people that are, you know, living here. I have seen people with power objects that they got from the astral from those shaman. And what do you mean by a power object? Well, they have in in uh, Buddhist things, they have these things that look like a, uh, they look a lot like a baby rattle. They're, they're, they've got round kind of balls on each end and in the middle, it's a, you know, like a thin tube and they're called a dorje. Mm. And they're su- supposed to be a healing object. But in the astral, they actually are quite powerful. And I have a friend that had been practicing uh, Chinese medicine and studying a lot of, of many various different modalities for many, many years. When I did a reading on him, in his hand, there is a gold dorje. Mm. And when he does healing, his hands are just amazing. The amount of energy that comes out of his hands is quite amplified compared to other people. Mm. So it's like this, he's got uh, help from these astral teachers coming through from his, this gold amplifier that they have given him because they deemed him worthy, probably. And uh, it just stays with him. So when that person puts his hand on you to heal you, it's much stronger than if the average person would try. I've seen, well, not too too long ago, I did a reading on someone who had uh, lotus blossoms in her hand that were actually gold discs in the shape of a lotus blossom. She had been in uh, India in a lifetime and had access to these Indian healing doctors and now she has in her hand hands these golden lotus blossoms whoa that's cool yeah and when she does healing the the healing amplifies through those so there are all these different healers i one time i was i was having difficulty with my eye my eye was bothering me quite a bit and then suddenly i was awake on the astral and i was at this doorway I thought, okay, I'll go in. And I went into this room and there was this room full of all kinds of objects. It looked a lot like Harry Potter going into some of the rooms where he went to see Dumbledore. There was all these things everywhere, dusty stuff. And there was this wizardry looking guy. And he said, oh, you're here to see me about your eye. And you're like, okay, I guess I am. (laughs) And then I just saw a big eye. And I heard this voice and he said, in the morning, when you wake up, look right here in this part of your eye and you're going to see these three little black specks. This is what's causing the problem. Take these out and your eye is going to be fine. And then, okay. 
and then the eye disappeared and I woke up and I was in my bed and then I thought, wow, okay. And I went back to sleep and I woke up in the morning and looked right where he showed me. And sure enough, there was these tiny little black specks and well, like pieces of dust or dirt or something. They look like actually teeny tiny little pieces of rock. And I did a lot of jewelry. They might've been little pieces of metal or something that I'd got in. I wasn't unaware of, but uh, I took them out and, uh, and I was fine. Okay. <laughs> so uh, another time, not, it was years later, I wasn't feeling terrific, but I was ignoring it. And I I was suddenly, I was with this woman that looked a lot like a fairy, a large woman in a very frilly dress and everything. And uh, she kind of looked like the fairy godmother on Cinderella. <laughs> she was really fancy. <laughs> and she said, oh, you come to see me because you're sick. And I said, okay, you know, and uh, am I? And she said, yes. She said, you, she said, you have a four plus kidney infection. Wow. And you need to eat jello. And I said, jello? <laughs> like, jello? <laughs> and she said, yes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was it and you go into like well what flavor jello <laughs> you know i wasn't i wasn't big on jello you know i'm still not big on jello today but i woke up and i thought is it possible do i really have a kidney infection and i went to the doctor and he did a test and he said you are a lot sicker than you look you have a very severe kidney infection <laughs> and i'm yeah. like really <laughs> i've heard that before <laughs> How does Jello help? Well, and he said, you know, gelatin really helps. You know, and I'm like, okay. yeah. So I've heard. <laughs> I, I don't know. I give you gelatin uh, when you, <laughs> but I don't know. He concurred. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he also gave me antibiotics. <laughs> right. But I wouldn't have gone if uh, if, if you this, weren't there. If this. Uh, astral doctor hadn't sent me it's sort of interesting to have access to that and it's definitely there it once you start lucid dreaming it is definitely helps because you'll be able to get that kind of information yeah is the astral just all about healing no no um like i said there's there's a lot of places you can just travel to um there's a lot of areas where people that have died are are hanging out there's a lot of just um, like different cities and towns and things like that. There's a lot of places where there are other populations of other types of beings. And I have kind of been around them, but I don't necessarily spend a lot of time. You know, if I go someplace and I see something and it looks real strange or I don't feel very comfortable there, I don't necessarily spend a lot of time trying to investigate that. Uh I'm somewhat shy about things and I don't go where I don't feel I fit in. I was one time I was in, in, in a circle and I felt like I don't really belong here. And I had been studying Sufism at the time and I had a Sufi teacher who I really liked. And this was in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden my Sufi teacher he showed up and he had 
on the astral, he had this really colorful robe. He always wore just sort of white, but he was all wrapped up in all this color. And he said, I don't think you belong here. Should I get you out of here? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, definitely. And he said, all right, good, let's go. Yeah. And he took my hand and uh, we left. <laughs> so you can communicate with other people uh, that aren't just angelic beings and stuff. But just- actually, yes. The, sometimes you can actually meet up and associate with somebody that is another living person that is also hanging out on the astral. I had a good friend uh, and a mentor. Her name was Jean, and she was in her uh, mid-70s. She had lost her husband after a very long, long uh, illness. And uh, she said she was started dreaming of meeting, of meeting this gentleman. And they would go for walks. Uh, sometimes they would have tea. They would sit in a park. This was all on the astral. And, you know, watch the birds sit by a lake have long talks together and she told me they had many meetings you know dozens sometimes she looked forward to going to sleep so she could see him again and then one time she just got this feeling that she should go to this unity church which was not where she normally would but she liked it she had been there occasionally so she went to this church and sat down and he sat down next to her wow she had no idea that he was actually a living human. She thought maybe he was a ghost. So she turned and said, oh, my God, you're real. And he had been dreaming about her. And he said, oh, you're real. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like they were already in love. And they already knew each other. They had all, had all these conversations. So in like a relatively short time and within a few days they decided to get married because they already knew each other and they had this wonderful relationship on the astral so here they were in their late 70s and decided they were going to be married and they had and i can imagine if you don't even know that the person's really real you would probably just be more open and carefree about the things that you are talking about (laughs) I guess I, she said she was having a wonderful time with him and just felt so relaxed and so happy and so comfortable with him. He was quite a character. He was a Baptist minister who had turned into kind of a, a spiritualist and psychic. And he was quite feisty and I really enjoyed being with him. And, uh, and she was very much into plant divas and her garden, everything was supersized columbine flowers were the size of your palm of your hand and her tomatoes were almost as big as a cantaloupe but so they were both amazing people but it was really stunning to realize that they had dated on the astral before they ever even met and then just married as an afterthought when they <laughs> when they finally met the physical yeah that's really sweet and they were very happy very happy she just loved plant divas and she would go out to her garden and just say oh you lovely little plant diva you're so wonderful look at you you're making the plants sparkle so much and she she would just go on like that and you walk out into her garden and everything was two or three or four times the size of anything i'd ever seen i love to spend time in her garden her tomatoes were 
huge. I mean, you could barely hold one in the palm of your hand. And her, her columbine flowers were about three and a half feet tall and had huge flowers on them. And everything in that garden was just amazing. And when she took pictures of the garden, in every picture, there were these balls of white light that would show up in the pictures oh cool and she said see there they are there's my plant divas you can see them (laughs) in the garden now ernie wanted to see uh, a plant even he tried and tried and tried and he couldn't see one and then one finally popped up and said to him next time raise your vibration and he said and i've never seen another one of those damn things But he just wasn't talking to them in a nice soft voice enough I guess I guess (laughs) but Jean saw them all the time and and so I I would go over uh, two or three days a week and just hang out her garden and we crawl around the ground pulling weeds and talking and uh, spend our time like that together and I just loved that so I guess it's true what they say about talking to your plants and how they grow bigger and stronger (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you're just dealing with with beings from the astral that will come and and because they love the attention, mm-hmm. they will start to bring that energy back and make everything fabulous for you. I mean, it's it's really amazing to work with with plant energy. If you think about it, there's absolutely nothing on this planet that could survive without plants. Yeah, that's true. If the plants are gone, we're gone. It's it's over. Oh, so, yeah. It, absolutely. You should be connecting to your plants. What kind of beings or creatures have you seen on the astral? Yeah, um one time, you know, sometimes you show up to see someone or to be in the presence of a teacher and it's not always clear to me why. I was at one place where I was in a room of people waiting to see a teacher of some guy I'm not actually sure who he was or what his name was and then someone said well if he's in the garden if you want to go ahead and go out to the garden you can see him there and I'm like okay that would be all right with me I like gardens I'll go out to the garden so I followed this person out to this area and there were these tall racks uh wire racks covered with this plants and the plants had these funny flowers on them I've nothing I've ever seen here but they were had the little flowers were falling down and were feeding these little creatures that were crawling around on the ground around him and he was just happily attending to these plants and to these strange little astral creatures that were kind of crawling around on the ground they didn't quite look like anything not quite dogs and not quite <laughs> sort of hedgehoggy looking okay creatures <laughs> and i just kind of hung out there with him and saying wow that's very interesting this is how they you know th- this these little flowers fall down and that's what they eat and he's like yes yeah that's exactly how it is and <laughs> I was just hung out there with him watching this and felt real happy. And then I left. (laughs) Yeah, that seems really random. 
just random i know there are a lot of things like that that happened i mean like i said it's a vast vast place one thing i found fascinating on the astral is that i believe everybody i know i have you have your own house or dwelling or palace on the astral and it reflects who you are it in a way i mean it's a it is a structure usually a house but it also reflects your whole consciousness and personality and your past now i've gone there many times and over the years and it has changed so when i was younger it it would appear to me like a a little white house and then i would go through the door and i would go wow this is a lot bigger on the inside than it looked on the outside and i would start walking through and there'd be all these rooms and i'd go wow this goes on and on it goes on forever mm. <laughs> and i would be very fascinated going from room to room and when i got older in my in my early 20s i noticed it began to change quite a bit and i noticed that now there was an underground structure and there was a lot more to the underground structure that i had ever noticed and in my 20s i noticed that uh, that there was also a lot of staircases going to these upper levels mm. and the upper levels had rooms that i was nervous about going into I remember I would go up, I would go up the stairs and I think, I don't know if I want to go in that room that there's way too much power in that room. I think I'll just stay out of that room for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> what were in some of the rooms that you did go in? Well, I remember there was one, I thought, oh, this must be like a closet and I went in and there was all this antique furniture. It's like I walked up rows and rows of antique furniture and going, oh man where did all this stuff come from and this goes on and on and on you know so it and i think again it's like stuff from like past lives just endless stuff that you've had or you have memory of and it is kind of like a collected consciousness of a collected consciousness you know i had this bed that was dark wood bed and i had this crystal bowl and i had this dining room set and it was just so much of it was just stacked everywhere you know and I thought wow this just goes on and on you know is there any way to get rid of this stuff (laughs) I mean who would do anything with this stuff but like I said over the years I have gone back to this over and over again and maybe every like five or ten years and it changes and so in a way once you once you find your house quote-unquote house um you can gauge where you are in a way in your consciousness by looking over your dwelling seeing you know is it all leaky is it clean is it a mess is it you know (laughs) is it dark is it light (laughs) is it beautiful is it terrifying (laughs) right how do you feel about when you get there you know are you glad to be there not glad to be there I mean I've had very mixed feelings at various different times a lot of times like I said it had these just levels and areas and stuff that was always more extensive than I thought you know and in a way that's true because 
because my background and the people around me, I always thought less of myself than maybe I should. Why is that? I had a lot of people, uh, my brother, particularly my father, that were more into belittling me than anything else. If I said anything about any of my abilities, they would just, you know, make fun of me, belittle me uh, because I was dyslexic, would call me stupid. So my self-concept was very low most of my life. And my value of myself was very low. So I wouldn't you know, I don't think of myself as a important or valuable person. Mm. And it took a long time for me to value myself. And, and so I think I would see that in my, my astral home. Like I said, it looked in tiny. terms of that room's a little bit too dark to go in right now. Right. Or more in terms of, like I said, you know, the house, I, I would conceive of it as small Then I'd walk in and it'd be bigger and I'd go, how come, you know, what, what is it? How come it's larger, you know, or how come Uh it's, what's with the cathedral ceiling or something like that? (laughs) It just was, it's it's interesting that, you know, we have our mindset and then there is what is and, and we have to adjust to everything, the truth of what is and how we hold ourselves and then what we expand into. And what we become comfortable with and then how we change it. And the astral is all about what you make in your mind almost instantly and everything about who you are. So when you have this building or sometimes and and actually mine expanded into like a little property in a way, how this is everything sort of your collective past is your own personal landscape. If you can go there and visit that, then you kind of get the big picture in a sort of physical look, you know, Mm -hmm. like your own physical landscape that you can kind of travel through. It's sort of like um, therapy on a visual three dimensional scale. Yeah, that would be really cool to visit. Visible therapy. Here's your, if you were a house, this is how it's going to look. Yeah. What's your darkest room? What's your lightest room? <laughs> Do you think everyone presents itself as a house? Or well, like, it, would some that, people maybe have a extreme garden or in a different visual? You know, that's a good question. And you're probably right. Probably some people might be. It might be a garden or greenhouse or a giant roving bus. It, people are very, very different. Or a teepee, you know? Yeah. It, it probably is different, but I suspect that everybody does have like their space of their personal landscape mm-hmm. while they're alive. Not this is not like after they passed that is an active, ongoing um, landscape and structure that is their consciousness in, in an evolving state on the astral that they can visit and you know, walk through and look at and say, wow, you know, that should be blue, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Go in and redecorate there a little Yellow doesn't, yellow is not my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or why is that there? I, I gotta, I gotta think about that. Why, why, why do I have all this junk furniture? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How come? 
I really should let go of this. But uh, I've always found that fascinating. From the first time I showed up, the first time I saw it, I thought, what is this? And then I went and talked to uh, a friend of Sai Baba's, this lady that had was very wise. It seemed like she did know everything. Her name was Dorothy. And I said, what is that? And she said, I think that's you on the astral. That's your, that's your personal house. And uh, what she said made sense to me. And then the next time I was there, I kind of looked at it differently and I thought, you know, I think she's, I think she's right. That this is exactly what this is. Um, She was a very kind and wise woman. And a lot of people were attracted to her. Whenever I visited her, there were a lot of people around her house that seemed to be important and enlightened people. So mm-hmm. she was an interesting, she was an interesting human being. She's passed on now, but um, people should be alert when you start lucid dreaming and you show up and start touring this house and you're the only one home. There's that might reason. be you. <laughs> <laughs> this is you. Yeah. This is you. <laughs> the perfect reflection of you in your own personal structure on the astral check it out really carefully yeah very cool (laughs) all the details and see what you think of the reflection of who you've been for however long you've been here is there anything that's dark or harmful out there that people should be aware of well you know there are there are demons and there are dark energies in the universe and there are dark energies out there and if you are a light being dark energy will attack you and if you're on the astral that's a possibility so and there are settings like parks and like bars or restaurants and things like that in the astral and they will try to try to draw you to those settings to make you feel more normal so if you suddenly find yourself if you're if you possibly have been astral traveling and then you suddenly find yourself in a bar or a party setting which that would make me suspicious right off the bat and i have had this happen to me and then somebody that's kind of good looking or interesting suddenly comes over to you and wants to dance with you or kiss you or date you or something like that that's a real warning sign why because they could be a demon or something like that trying to get you to consent to something Mm. we are protected there are rules in the universe that someone can't take over our energy or our soul unless we say it's okay and there are beings dark beings on the astral that know this but if we say yeah okay you know i'm down for whatever you want to do then you are in danger and you can really put yourself vulnerable to being attacked by a dark energy and people tend to think well i'm dreaming or i'm asleep so it doesn't count and that's not so it does count having people say i i had a dream a lucid dream and i was having sex with this tall dark stranger and what could happen to you if you do that well for one thing it could make you physically ill because you're going to download energy from whoever whatever that was it might not Mm. have even been human it could be just a concocted thought form by 
a dark, evil energy that was made to look human. You know, so you literally could be in the hands of a demon. And once it gets attached to you, it's hard to get unattached. And I have worked with people that have got into that sort of situation and they became very, very ill. And it was very difficult to get them healed again. Mm. So I tell people, don't do it. How did you uh, work with the people to get them healed? We had to do a lot of light work. We had to do body work. We had to, and that attracts to them here on the physical plane, a suicide demon, which are a type of demons that are roaming around. And and once you get a suicide demon attra- attached to you, they won't let you alone. And the minute you have a negative thought, they'll say, yeah, you, you really are a negative person. You really are worthless. Why don't you kill yourself? Yeah. Well. And then pretty soon the person does. They commit suicide. And this can all start from going into a bar on the astral and saying, yes, I'll have sex with you or, you know, I'll make out with you, some stranger in a bar on the astral. It sounds so bizarre. I know. Yeah. (laughs) But I've talked, I was telling this to someone, this, this really very nice person. And she said, well, what if I'm already having sex with people on the astral? (laughs) Yeah, I will. Stop that right away. (laughs) Please don't do that. I've had many times. I one time was just all of a sudden I'm in a room with all these strange people and they're saying, please come in, come in. What do you want from us? Tell, tell us what you want. And we'll give it to you. No, no, no. Anytime you're on the astral and someone starts asking you anything that has to end with you agreeing to anything, hmm. say no, say I'm going home, you know? Just like in Wizard Oz, click your heels and say, there's no place like home. I'm leaving right now. Mm-hmm. Never agree to anything and say, I'm going home now. Are there other kind of rules of the universe? Well, there probably are, but I'm not aware of a lot of them. But that's one I'm definitely aware of. It's just they're not allowed to do anything without our permission. No, they're not. There is an interesting thing, though. Uh, there, I think that there's a language, or there might be more than one, that angels speak and certain certain masters speak on the on the astral or on the other planes, and it doesn't translate very well onto this plane. And I remember I was on the astral in in a force setting in this beautiful wooden temple with a master, and he was giving me a lot of information, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is just great. I'm really so great to have this. And then he was telling me, and and, and this is your spiritual name, you know, and he gave me this name, and I oh, I'm going to say that like five times, so I won't forget it. Yeah. And the minute that you switch from that plane to this plane, you you lose it. Yeah, you cannot remember. <laughs> it's like it won't cer- certain things, certain information, and certain language won't cross that barrier. It just doesn't seem to want to to make that switch. And I think there have been very special individuals that can go in and get that information and bring it across. And maybe that's what makes them real geniuses, you know, like you know Einstein's or Mozart or whatever. But 
more common folk like me, mm-hmm. I have on about five different occasions, someone have given me information like that on the astral. And I'm like, this time I'm really, really, really going to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really focused. And, and now I'm really sharp and it's not going to lose it. And then I switch dimensions and it is gone. I cannot bring it across the barrier. Wow. Uh, and I'm not sure why that is, but I've never been good with languages. So maybe it's just a linguistic things. I don't know. <laughs> well, they also say dyslexia is really bad for learning language. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good in the psychic world. So <laughs> it's hard to know. I'd love a translation uh, device for that. though. Yeah. Like a week or month later, you just go, oh, you know, I suddenly have this idea to do this or that. And it isn't really your idea. It's what they taught you. It just took a while to go through translation and convert into your system. Mm-hmm. You don't, you, sometimes you don't even know, where did I get this? How come I all, all of a sudden I know this? Well, it's probably because they, taught you and now they've been waiting for a month and a half for you to get it I don't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably just frustrated being like these people are so slow down here <laughs> yeah. well, especially marie she's very slow <laughs> i'm sure there are a lot of people out there faster than me <laughs> yeah but um more than anything when you're on the astral you need to trust your instincts if it doesn't feel right get out of there if it doesn't feel right it isn't right Mm -hmm. don't do anything there that you wouldn't do at home yeah that's a good point probably behave yourself better yeah just to keep your energetics clean you don't have a free pass just because you're in a different place that's that would be like oh i'm in london so now i'll just do anything that crosses my mind no that's it's not like that you don't do that it's important to be conscious and spiritual that's really good advice so thank you for sharing a lot of that with us while a lot of us probably aren't that familiar with being on the astral or maybe we're just just beginning to start to do some astral travel it's good to be aware of a lot of the actual safety logistics of it well and you know any any day any night you might be yeah maybe tonight thank you mom you're welcome